Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sports Illustrated Tennis Podcast. Hope everyone is well, safe, sane, and uh, of course, masked. Uh, this week we talk with Stacy Allister. Stacy is the chief executive for professional tennis at the USTA. She is also the tournament director for the US Open. And in this conversation, it's basically FAQ. We sort of go through some of the issues pertaining mostly to protocol and policy about COVID, but we also talk about the social justice messaging that is now permitted on players' attire. This, of course, is a a U.S. Open like no other. Uh, A lot of improvising, a lot of scrambling. We did not think on January 1st that we were going to have the entire field uh, basically getting tested at a a Marriott every morning. So uh, anyway, a U.S. Open like no other. But as of now, as we record this on Wednesday, the show is going on, first with the Cincinnati event and then staying in the bubble, the 2020 U.S. Open. So uh, we talked with Stacey about what this event is going to look like, what she anticipates, what the testing protocol is going to be, and how to maximize health and safety as we uh, go forward with our second major of the year. So in, in keeping with this crazy abnormal year, uh, we did this on Zoom. Stacy was wearing a mask and looked to be in uh, the women's locker room at the National Tennis Center. And in full disclosure, I... Uh, had to pull over to the side of the road. Uh, there were cement trucks behind me, just like the event in Lexington. So uh, if you're wondering about the connection, that's the answer. But uh, here's a good conversation, sort of pro projecting the 2020 US Open. Here is Stacy Allister. This is not the conventional pre-tournament call you're probably uh, used to. <laughs> Every day is a new day with new experiences. Yeah. I was thinking usually we, uh, we we talk about wild cards and we talk about innovations and you you and I disagree about coaching. We're we're in a little bit different yeah. space. Yeah. We don't have to talk about coaching. How about that? <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> so I I thought we would just sort of 
rip through some some Q and A, and just I, I think a lot of this is um, is probably so, some of this is out there, and some of this the players are aware of, and and some of them this might be news too, but I, I've been getting a lot of emails and I suspect you have too. And I thought we could just use this time to get, get a bit of a lay of the land, if that's okay. That'd be great, John. Thank you. And I appreciate um, you taking the time to do it. No, I think, uh, you know, we, we've, we've been talking about this U S open for, for months and months and now six we'll months, six months. months. Is, that, is that what it is? Well, really Philip in March, right. When the, when, yeah. the, when the global uh, sport shut down, Indian Wells, what's going to happen? Here we are. Uh, it's we, we should time it's really it. Surreal. It's it's, it's yeah, it really is. Surreal. It yeah. is. It's uh, yeah. It's I don't know how to explain it. Um, but right now we are in in the moment. It's day five of the bubble, the official bubble. So um, it's uh, it's really happening. And for so long we just didn't know if it was happening. And give us a sense. We're we're five days in. We are. It's you know. I'll, I'll timestamp this. It's it's. August 19th, and you, you said about 90% about of the players have arrived already. Correct. And that was the design of the centralized environment and the decision, one of the decisions to why to move Western Southern Open to, to New York. <clears throat> Give the athletes that pre-competitive opportunity before a Grand Slam because they haven't had, had that opportunity. So, and the, you know, the, the, the singles in uh, Western Southern and then an expanded uh, qualifying, almost getting your full complement. We're not 100% there. Right. And you've got the athletes have got to be in four days before their first competition. And many of them have come early, which, uh, which is great, so that they, they begin to get into this, you know, bubble world and, and isolation. Before we, uh, before I ask you about the testing, I, I got the, um, I, I saw an email about the, the social justice apparel and this sure. mm -hmm. exception. Um, tell me a little bit more about that and where did that decision, what, what inspired that decision beside the obvious? I think it's a combination of, uh, it's, the, it's, it's obviously a, a very significant and important uh, issue in our country. And, uh, you know, as Adam Silver said, we can't ignore it, and the USTA is not going to ignore it. And then we started to see athletes wanting to um, express themselves around social causes, and we got a sneak peek of that uh, World Team Tennis. And so we were proactive, and we went uh, to both tours and, and said, how are, how are you going to manage it for your events? And then, as you know, it's not permitted uh, within the Grand Slam rulebook. So we then worked with the, the Grand Slam chairman and the two tours to, to come up with a 2020 uh, exemption to the rulebook that would allow athletes at their choice uh, to, um, to express themselves um, with, you know, the classical, you know, three inch on either a patch on the, on the shirt or something on the shoe. And so um, it's available to them if, if, they, if they would like to do that. And if they could also, uh, you know, wear a jersey or a t-shirt during the warm-up. So there's some flexibility of application. Have you seen any uh, applications so far? I have only seen, it's un unofficial, one athlete uh, who I know who wants to do something on their shoe. Um, but I haven't seen anything official yet. Gotcha. And were there, I mean, in Lexington, there was a, a Black Lives Matter uh, placard on the signage. Will there be yes. a court? 
There will be a, a, a number of different uh, signage elements uh, around um, Arthur Ashe Stadium. And are we doing it also on Louis, the scrims? I'm not sure. Anyway, on, on Arthur Ashe. And it, that'll range from uh, social justice causes, tributes to first responders and, uh, and everyone here in New York, uh, get out and play, original nine, so we're, we're definitely going to have a, a special open um, and have many elements to it. And, and I mean, I actually, got, let's, let's get to the testing, but I do want to ask, will, will there be sort of traditional signage and the usual sponsorship that we have in your class? There will be, uh, you know, the traditional signage. We, we will not have LED back walls like we did last year. Mm -hmm. Um, and we have, you know, similar to what we've seen with the other professional sports, you know, there'll be a scrim for the lower bowl. Right. And then uh, there will be LED boards um, <clears throat> around the bowl to uh, then have uh, our, our fans who are watching online or on air be able to, to be part of the show. So uh, this is sort of, uh, so no, no cardboard cutouts, but. No well, cardboard cutouts, yeah. No cardboard cutouts, but everything's been looked at. Um, yeah, exactly. Did you see the um, the robotic drummers in Japan and, and the Japanese baseball? My my favorite. I saw those. I saw the the Korean baseball. I, my favorite was the uh, Korean, yeah. weekend at weekend at Bernie's guys. But uh, I feel like we need <laughs> you know, Mayor Dinkins and, and Bill Ackman and the usual cast of characters. We need is uh, as, as yes. part of the Yeah, we like we talked about that. We really did, and. Uh, but at the end of the day, we, we, we've decided no, no cardboard cutouts. Um, so, so let's talk about the testing situation. Um, the, the players arrived, past tense, and, and what, what happened already? Sure. So as soon as the players arrived, they essentially went right to the medical testing center. And uh, it took about 15 minutes, 20 minutes for the first one, just doing some paperwork and administrative. The actual administration of the test is, is very, very quick. Uh, the test that we're using is a gold standard PCR and it's called the PCR anterior nares. And the way for us all to understand that, it's the one that goes midway up the nasal. It doesn't go all the way up the nasal pharyngeal. We have the benefit of, of now a lot of research on the accuracy of the anterior nares and the doctors are comfortable. It's producing similar accuracy results as the nasopharyngeal and it's just a lot more comfortable, especially when the athletes and myself, any of us working in tier one, um, and we're tested frequently. So that first test happens and then uh, basically they got a wristband, which means they're in isolation and they were, uh, uh, you know, escorted to their rooms and they were in uh, their isolation until they received an alert that they had a negative result. During that, that time, to, to give uh, your listeners, uh, what was it like and what, what, what was the experience? Right. So day one, we had 300 people check into the hotel on Saturday, August 15th, as players and their guests. I'd say there was probably 150 Uber Eats orders. And those just kept coming they weren't permitted to come down and get them. So we had uh, staff who were running things up 
and uh, Chipotle and Cheesecake Factory were the number one and number two uh, favorites. <laughs> athletes, uh, athletes love their Cheesecake Factory. I, I think uh, I, I saw Uber, Uber Eats did more business than conventional Uber last quarter, so that doesn't. Uh, yeah. So me. that's just to be clear, the, the testing was at the hotel, right? Is that is that correct? Correct. All yeah. All of the testing is at the official player hotel. That's where all the medical services are, physio, etc. We do now have a satellite lab here at the National Tennis Center in the Arthur Ashe area. And that is really meant for um, the afternoon and those late night matches so that we can do testing. But the primary one is at the hotel and everyone had to go to the Long Island Marriott for their first one. Even the players who chose private housing? Correct, so even, yes, so yes, everyone. We, they've, all, they've all been through it. Were there antibody tests as well? That was offered. It was, it was uh, not mandatory. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I think the doctors were um, pleasantly surprised that a, that a lot of athletes uh, took up the offer. So, What did you do about the players who tested? You know, we, they're, they're out there, but we can – the players who tested positive this summer. Um, sure. What, how were they ha handled? So uh, they – they must bring copies of their uh, positive and recent PCR tests. Some of them sent them in advance. Some of them just brought them. And then our infectious disease specialist, Dr. Kamen, Kamen's, he's, he's right on the floor and he's meeting with, uh, with the athletes. Some of those calls also are happening in advance of the athletes arriving. And the protocol uh, is essentially with uh, per New York's, New York City Department of Health, uh, a previous positive test, we, everyone gets one from a baseline, um, but thereafter they will not uh, need to submit to a PCR test. So an athlete who's previously tested positive, their results have been confirmed by, um, by our medical team. Right. Uh, they submit to one and then they do not have um, to further take the, uh, the PCR test. And after that initial test, how often are, are the players going to be tested now? So the cycle is the first two within 48 hours. Okay. Then after the 48-hour period, every four days. And that is the same for everyone. And if a player tested positive today or this week, in theory, could, yes. they, could they quarantine and still play in the U.S. Open? So uh, I know it's confusing for people that as I've uh, learned a little bit about COVID, if you're infected, the CDC guidelines and also for New York State, you have to isolate, isolation for a minimum of 10 days. So if, so, so it's, yeah. So then the answer to your question is, yes, it's possible. It's based on their symptoms. They have to be, uh, fever-free for a minimum of 24 hours without any medication. And the doctors, John, will just have to make an assessment uh, per the CDC um, treatment guidelines. But it, it would be possible obviously, for the player who players tested positive. Right, right. Um, I mean, obviously, in, in a few days, that's going to be a moot point. Um, if a player tests positive during the event, we all know about the false positive rate, do they have a chance to, 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 to play a let, so to speak? I mean, do they have a chance to get a second test and try and? Uh, no, 
No. So again, a positive is a positive. Uh, the, the, the standard of our test is highly accurate. There is the possibility, uh, but it's very rare. And uh, the, the government won't allow us. It's an automatic isolation. A positive test goes into the contact tracing. They will need to isolate. Which means withdrawal from the tournament. Then they would be withdrawn from the tournament, correct? No, hey, can I come back in half an hour and try that again? No, no, we can't. We can't, and, and I think the the overarching uh, protocol mitigation of risk, and we are not going to take any risks. We just can't. Right. This virus, uh, you know, it's the secret spreader, the silent spreader, and if we have a known positive test, and the government takes this lens as well uh, view. It's positive isolation. Right. What if my coach uh, tests positive, but I'm negative? Yes. So in that situation, really, it will be up to the New York City Department of Health because they take over a positive test. <clears throat> then it is handed to the government to determine um, were they practicing social distancing? Were they wearing their masks? What was the period of time that they might have been exposed to that coach? And so there's a, there's a lot of variables that then go into that equation. And ultimately, uh, <clears throat> they will decide. And um, in addition, our medical team uh, in that, that event will also have to weigh in uh, around the risk factor, especially if the contact tracing is taking too long. So again, we can't take any risk. It's really quite amazing to have at the moment, uh, you know, 1,400-ish PCR tests completed. And uh, at the moment, uh, one positive result. So we're going to do everything we can to continue that, that trend and, and keep everyone safe. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, you know, I, we, there's, no, there's not a bubble, which I think is the root of the problem, but we've seen some colleges and universities that have opened and then abruptly... Uh, shut because of this high incidence. Is there a threshold number where if, if the U.S. Open has X tests, sorry that the show can't go on? I mean, is, is there some sort of worst case scenario, obviously, but is there some threshold number? And if you hit that, you just can't have an event? Mm -hmm. There's no defined threshold number. Again, it will be up to the New York City Department of Health for them to make that determination. And even if the, the city was still comfortable and the state with us proceeding, I also know that our USDA medical advisory group and our board, you know, we might determine ourselves uh, that uh, we, we, we don't want, want to proceed. So, you know, I think you've heard uh, one of the fundamental principles, mitigation of risk, and we're not going to, to do this at all costs. And um, we'll continue to be, um, that'll be the, the lens, but ultimately city 
uh, in state, we collaborate with them and we're not gonna, you know, take those types of chances if it's, it's at a point that everyone gets uncomfortable. And what's the what's the punishment? What what's the uh, what, what's the penalty for breaking for breaching the bubble? So again, uh, it's 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 severe. If you leave the bubble, and you have you know potentially exposed yourself to others who are outside of the bubble, uh, you'll be removed from the tournaments. We cannot again take that risk. Uh, we know that it can take an average of five days for the virus to incubate and we can't have somebody that decided to to go to Starbucks or go to a bar and okay. and they come back in it's just we're not going to put um, other people's lives at risk because we had someone that has decided to to uh, to leave the bubble one of, one of your colleagues had, had suggested uh, a few weeks ago to me but it was all just in a casual conversation that maybe there was even some sort of disqualification from 2021 that anyone that breached the bubble wouldn't be eligible where, where did you come down on that so you know you've got two categories of tier one guests you have the player and then you have their permitted guests so whether that be coach trainer mom dad etc so for the for the guest they um you know they're removed from the bubble they've got 24 hours to get a flight, they've got to stay in their room until um, uh, they're leaving, they can't mix with people. And uh, there will be a financial penalty. And obviously the player is responsible for their guests. Right. And, and then lastly, for the guest, they will not be given a credential to the 2021 US Open. So that's just for the guests. The player, you know, being pulled out of the competition is uh, very significant and uh, they'll be you know, earning the ranking points from their last round completed. And there will be a very, very significant financial penalty. And we're just dotting the INT on that one. Um, in, I mean, in, it's, is it on the table that they uh, not be permitted to play the following year? That is not on the table. Gotcha. Um, what happens to, a, I mean, you, know, you, you hope that, uh, that the answer is zero and it, it's not a relevant question, but if, if a player does test positive mm -hmm. what happens after that um soon as so we've had the the the, the experience of of one okay. positive test and and how it works is i turn my phone on in the morning it's uh I take a brief, deep breath and <laughs> the, the first few days uh, it was going well and then yesterday <clears throat> i turned it on so i get an alert uh and then that alert uh it triggers communication process so then I call the doctor and we called the doctor and <clears throat> we uh, HIPAA law is a, a group that is uh, permitted to know and then the isolation uh, process began so immediately who is that person what room are they in are they sharing a room and then um, our doctor in full PPE gear uh, went to the room to inform the, the person uh, pretty shortly thereafter. So they then, uh, one, one player was taken out, or the, the one person was taken out, and the other person uh, that was sharing the room was moved to a quarantine room. Because the difference, if you're infected, infection equals a minimum of 10 days of isolation. The other one, uh, negative, 
but they could have been exposed, especially in these tight quarters. And uh, then CDC guidelines, it's quarantined for 14 days. Because again, it may take some time for the virus to be manifesting um, itself. Right. Uh, well, players get, you know, so, so if I were to lose, pick around, you know, I, I lose in the second round, do, do I need to get tested again before I depart the hotel and fly to Europe? So we're going to help the athletes and their guests uh, return to Europe vis-a-vis uh, -vis their testing. <clears throat> it's going to really depend, John, on which country they're going to. Each country has, uh, you know, maybe a different protocol around the testing. Um, <clears throat> what we do know is that, you know, the ATP is working with the Austrian government for Kitzbühel. The Italian Open has, has worked uh, with their government. The French are working uh, with their government. They're all going through the exact same thing that we went through with our federal government. Professional athletes and their guests, support team, have an exemption to come into the country and that the, their 14 days of quarantine is waived because they're really going into an environment. And then we are seeing that countries are wanting either 48 hour or 72 hour PCR test prior to, prior to them entering. So we'll help them with that. To what extent do you think you benefit from there being you know, a few other pro tennis events that have come off already and also <laughs> I don't know if you've picked up some best practices watching. You, you mentioned the NBA. Baseball's obviously had a rougher go of it. W what have you learned, good and bad, from the other tennis events and the other sports that are going on? From the, from the WTA events that have happened, um, <clears throat> I think players that experienced it can get a level of comfort and that um, this, is, this is how it's going to be. So that I think was helpful. And, you know, even other tennis events that have happened, I think what I can tell you, uh, and I think it's a tribute to the athletes and to their, their guests and the tours and us, we've, we've learned a lot over the summer. Likewise. And the fact, the fact that the virus is serious and they should isolate before they come in. Many were tested before they arrived. And, um, <clears throat> The key to this whole thing um, is testing and the frequency of testing, masking, distancing. And if we all do that, and we continue to do that, um, we can return to work, we can return to, to life, but you, uh, you, know, you need to be mindful of it. And so what, I mean, I don't, ultimately, what, what keeps you up at night? I mean, what's, what's the biggest overarching concern here? I think uh, for, for me, until the last ball is hit, will be um, the mitigation of risk uh, with COVID. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a silent enemy, an invisible enemy, and we can't let up. You know, we can't let up on the masking, we can't let up on uh, getting them to distance, and people will get comfortable. Uh, we should never be comfortable. And that, uh, that is really uh, <clears throat> the number one thing. Um, That'll keep me up. I mean, apart from the the virology, comfortable. Um, what gives you grounds to be comfort comfortable? Sort of, I, I guess ethically, I guess would be the word. I mean, what? Um, I mean, something clearly clicked where people said, you know what, we're we're okay morally, ethically doing this. Um, what what was it for you that sort of makes you comfortable? 
ultimately, it's the, uh, the medical specialists that uh, they were more than comfortable that our testing protocols and the operating plan to mitigate risk, that this was uh, you know, a plan that is probably safer than going to the grocery store. And with the economy opening in New York, and it's in phase four, it's the final phase of opening that includes professional sport, the way in which uh, <clears throat> New York State and all of the healthcare professionals and the, and the government officials, including the, the governor, it's now ironic after six months and everyone's sort of questioning, are you serious? You're going to play this in New York? Uh, why not in a sunny state? Why not uh, in Indian Wells? And, and he, New Yorkers get all the tribute that we, that we are here actually going to play the Western Southern Open and the U.S. Open. I, uh, no, I, I think it's, it's hard perhaps for you to message, but uh, I'm, I'm happy to do some lifting here. I mean, you know, my, my gym is opening next week. I mean, New York is really, you, people I think overseas see these rates and they're, they're appalling, but the rates where you and I are very different from if, if you'd chosen to do this in Orlando or, or Indian Wells. Um, yeah. let, me just kind of, let me just kind of, I don't know, give you a, a, a catch-all to close on, which is, you know, we, we've gone through 20 FAQs. I mean, what, what else do you want people to know? What are misconceptions you want to clear up? This is not your traditional pre-tournament uh, set of circumstances. What, uh, what, what else do you want people to know? I want them to know that uh, the players are feeling safe and comfortable and they're, they're genuinely excited to, to uh, return to play. And I would say, John, there's a sense of community here. I think they all are buying into, they've missed tennis. Now they're here, they've really wanted to play and compete, and we're all in this together. If we all, you know, wear the mask and keep our distance, our sport can return. And, you know, I think there'll be a lot of pride for all of us, everyone involved, you know, the collaboration with the tours, uh, the governments. This is the largest international sporting event to return uh, to play, to competition since the global shutdown. And the, the, the dimensions, it can, it can, it will for other international events and for other tennis tournaments. This will provide confidence and uh, some, some clear guidelines to help our sport because of the nature of our sport. It's, we need to go from bubble to bubble and um, a little more difficult with the travel, but traveling is safe and they just have to to, to stick with their, their exposure group and forego going out to restaurants and bars. And that's, that's the key to this whole thing. Too, too uh, naive and tidy to suggest uh, that maybe the sport can collaborate better than we sometimes think it can. You know, that, again, that could be a, it is a silver lining uh, from uh, this pandemic. And it has brought uh, the entire, you know, whether it be the Grand Slams making adjustments to the rules so that we can, uh, help players uh, and, and do this event, the tours, you know, weekly, daily calls with ATP and WTA and their leadership. And uh, there, there's no way this would be happening had it not been for our sport to collaborate. Um, well, spe speaking of which, I, I appreciate this. I hope, uh, you know, next, next time we do one of these, there will not be, it's like Lexington, there, I don't know if you see the cement mixers behind me and you're, you're in the locker room with a mask and we're getting uh, you know, Zoom on uh, 
you know, on, on FaceTime. I know. Um, we, we all sort of want some normal, but I, I commend you for uh, for getting this far and, um, you know, knocking on the, the faux wood panel of my car. And uh, exactly. Um, I, I, I wish you well and, uh, and thanks for taking the time now. Thank you, John. Just send uh, positive karma and, uh, and, and uh, I know you'll be doing a great job with your viewers watching and uh, we're, our sport is back. The U.S. Open is open. So away we go. Exactly. Away we go. All right. I, uh, I appreciate it and uh, best, best of luck these next few weeks. Okay. Thanks, John. Thanks, Stacey. Take care. Cheers. All right. Thanks to Stacey for uh, spending the time and going through that list of uh, questions. Hopefully that will uh, give some sense of what this event is going to look like when tennis balls are not in play. Um, again, we barely needs to be said, but this is a, a major event like no other. And credit to the USTA for staging this and getting this thing up and running and making the necessary adjustments and modifications. Uh, here's knocking on wood that it holds and everyone stays safe. So uh, thanks to Stacy. Thanks as always to Jamie Lasanti, our super fantastic producer. We'll have another podcast in seven days. Subscribe, leave a review. Uh, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Keep the guest suggestions coming. And uh, have a good week, everyone. Stay safe out there.